It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello, Little Woman fans. Today's common shout-out goes to Courier of the Heart and Pacifisticuffs. I came across this on Tumblr and it reminded me of Little Woman. Full offense, but sometimes fandom just totally make up the characterization of a character and then complain when that isn't in the canon. People who do this always talk about how interpretation is a form of art in itself and insist that they are improving on canon, but 90% of the time they are just taking complex, interesting characters and reducing them to the same 5 or 6 generic tropes over and over again. These generic tropes or the lack of them 100% apply to Laurie in Little Woman films. The answer why Joe rejects Laurie is in the novel, but the films never give you an answer, because they always erase Laurie's character arc. Not too long ago I had a discussion with someone who said that they always start out as a Joe and Laurie shipper when they watch the films, and then they end up cheering Joe and Friedrich, but they never understand why Joe rejects Laurie and that there must be something that the films intentionally leave out. Of course, if you ask me the simple question, why Joe rejected Laurie, I think the answer is because Louisa May Alcott rejected Ladislas Wisniewski, and she had her own reasons for doing that, and because she was in love with Henry Thoreau. And this is why I think the filmmakers should finally start following the novel, these events in the novel, at least the essence of them, and the inspiration, it all came from reality. By doing this, not only would we get an accurate adaptation, but we also might learn something more about Louisa. When you erase Laurie's character arc, at the same time, you actually end up erasing Joe's arc, Amy's arc, and Friedrich's arc, because they are all intertwined. If you want to find the roots of Team Baird versus Team Laurie debate, the answer is Laurie's missing character arc. In the 19th century when Little Woman appeared, Laurie was extremely popular character. I noticed after the Me Too campaign in the literary blogs that I visited, there began to be more nuanced conversations about Laurie and the way he treated Joe and how different it was to the way he was treating Amy. It is sad that it is only now after over 100 years of the publication of Little Woman, people are actually waking up to discuss about Laurie and the leeway his character has been given in the past. Louise always included educational messages to her works. She wrote Laurie to be an example of a character who can turn their life around. Back in the days, Little Woman was not only read by young women, but young men as well, and Louisa wanted to have a positive influence on them. In Louisa's novels, there are similar characters like Laurie, who are always looking for a female guidance. Some of them, like Charlie in Rose in Bloom, expect the woman to do the work and save them from themselves. When this does not happen, and the woman refuses, they surrender themselves to their own demons. When Laurie wants to be with Joe, he is on the same path, but it is actually Joe's rejection and desire to have Amy's approval that forces him either to choose to man up or go down with the toxic self-centeredness. 
This episode is sponsored by Audible. Audible has a wide range of books to read and podcasts to listen. If you have not yet read Eight Cousins and Rose in Bloom, I highly recommend them. I was not at all prepared how emotionally involved I got into Max and Rose's romance. If you click the affiliate link in the description, you can get a 30 days free trial. This is Small Umbrella in the Rain, the Little Woman podcast, Why Joe and Laurie Don't End Up Together. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Most distressing part in the adaptations from 1933 to 2019 is the complete lack of Larry's character arc and not showing him as a full person. In the book Before Larry Moves to Concord, he has been tossed around in Europe from one boarding school to another and then he moves to live with his grandfather and they have to build their relationship from the scratch. Although Mr. Lawrence had rejected the marriage of Larry's parents, so since the beginning Larry feels unwanted. And this is why he becomes so attached to the marches. He even calls Marmy as his mother and that is why he is clinging on to Joe so much. Because of Joe's idealization towards the masculine, Larry thought he could do anything and she would always forgive him. Hannah describes Larry as a weathercock. He's a character with constant mood changes. He can be sensitive, but he also has high temper, which you can only see in the 1933 film and the 1949 film, and in the series from the 70s, but after that Larry's temper has been erased. He can be very inconsiderate towards other people's feelings, same way as Joe, like during the time when he was catfishing Meg and forged the letters and hurt her. Times when Larry is sweet and caring are times when he puts other people before him, like during Beth's illness and when he went to cheer up Amy when she was staying at Aunt March. There are times when Larry is vain, like a peacock. He likes nice clothes and keeping up good appearance, which is something that Joe at times makes fun of. He can be funny, but also very immature. He wants to break free from his grandfather's obedience, but he is afraid to do that. Laurie is an orphan. Relationship with his grandfather is complicated. For older Mr. Lawrence, Laurie resembles both of the children he lost, and this is why he doesn't want to hear music, because of the painful memories and, I suppose, self-blame. It is only with his encounters with Beth these wounds start to heal. Larry doesn't like school. He wants to go to Italy and be a composer and to reconnect with his roots. 
this is an aspect of him that is hardly ever included in the adaptations. Larry's Italian roots are connected to his love for music, his temper, and his brown skin. Only adaptations where Larry actually plays the piano are series from the 70s and the 2017 miniseries. When it comes to the movies, it is Mr. Bear who is actually much more musical, and Friedrich does sing and plays music in the books. But it is strange that there are only a couple adaptations where Larry actually plays the piano, and after all, Larry is a composer. So far, all film versions have had their folks romanticizing Joe and Laurie instead of giving him a full personality. They follow the Hollywood narrative that the only reason why Laurie exists is to be pretty and to be in love with Joe. And he doesn't have any other aspirations or inspirations outside that. The plot of the novel is unconventional because it flips the conventional romance trope. But when the adaptations try to do this while erasing Laurie's arc, they actually follow the conventional romance trope, and not the unconventional story that Louisa wrote. In the beginning of Good Wives, or Little Woman Part 2, when Sean and Meg move to their new home, Laurie comes bringing gifts, a knife cleaner that spoils all the knives, soap that takes the skin off one's hands, sweeper that leaves all the dirt, and a bunch of other similar items. Each week when Laurie is on holiday from college, he brings them some random useless things. It can be a funny joke for the first couple of times, but Laurie does it for months. It's behavior you could expect from a teenager, but not from a 21-year-old. John and Meg are poor. Laurie is rich. He could give them something useful. None of Laurie's pranks are never shown in the movies. Big part why Joe wanted to be more boyish and her being dismissive over feminine was about showing off. Laurie's pranks were his way of showing off and to get attention. When Laurie goes to college, the gender expectations of the time start to have more bigger impact on Joe's and Laurie's behavior. Laurie is not very interested from his studies. He goes to college simply to please his grandfather. Laurie is more of a party boy in college. That is not necessarily a character flaw. Quite many young people go to college to do just that still today. In college, Larry smokes, drinks, plays pool, flirts with girls, gets into fights, never shown in any adaptations, and Joe criticizes him for doing these things. Joe doesn't want to do any of these things, but she wishes she could have the liberty to do whatever she wants without being judged by the society. Joe was very aware of the unfairness of the situation. In the books, Joe never likes Laurie romantically, and his romantic interest only makes Joe feel uncomfortable. Not only does their dynamics change because Joe doesn't want to fit into the traditional female role of the time, but because Laurie fits into the traditional 19th century male role almost too well. Their relationship in their youth worked when there was more space for gender fluidity, but it starts to fall apart when they are called to conform more. When Laurie develops a crush on Joe, he breaks that brotherly bond and that shatters Joe's ideas of masculinity the way she has come to know it. It has never been shown in the movies. The closest example of this, the way it is described in the books, is the song Astonishing from Little Woman Musical. Because of the copyrights, I cannot include clips from the musical. I am not going to sing either, but I will read you the lyrics. Who is he? Who is he with his marry me? With his ring and his marry me? The nerve, the gall. This is not, not what it was meant to be. How could he ruin it all with those two words? I thought I knew him. Thought that he knew me. When did it change? What did I miss? A kiss. 
when I thought all along that we were meant to find frontiers. How could I be so wrong? And I need, how I need my sisters here, if I can share my dreams. What were they for? I thought our promise that we would never change and never part. I thought together we'd amaze the world. How can I leave my dreams or even start when everything has come apart? I thought home was all I ever want, my attic all I'd ever need. Now nothing feels the way it was before, and I don't know how to proceed. I only know I'm meant for something more. I've got to know if I can be. Astonishing. There's a life that I am meant to lead. A life like nothing I've known. I can feel it. And it's far from here. I've got to find it on my own. Even now I feel its heart upon my skin. A life of passion that pulls me from within. A life that I am making to begin. There must be somewhere I can be. Astonishing. Astonishing. I'll find my way. I'll find it far away. I'll find it in unexpected and unknown. I'll find my life in my own way today. Here I go. There's no turning back. My great adventure has begun. I may be small, but I've got giant plans to shine and brightly as the sun. I will blaze until I find my time and place. I will be fearless, surrendering modesty and grace. I will not disappear without a trace. I'll shout and start a riot. Be anything but quiet. Christopher Columbus, I'll be astonishing. Astonishing? Astonishing. This is by far the closest what happens to Joe in the novel. It's like what my friend said, that Laurie was horny does not justify his actions. Joe felt really uncomfortable by Laurie's advances. In the novel, Joe is also frustrated, staying at home, and she wants to go to New York mainly to gather new experiences, but also try her wings and become more independent. Because of the open narrative of Greta Gerwig's film, which completely erases Joe's arc and growth process, there are people now who say that Joe just wanted to stay at home with her family and never grow up. Louisa May Alcott's own name suggestion for Little Woman Part 2 was Leaving the Nest. Little Woman is a coming-of-age novel, so it's all about Joe maturing from a girl into a woman. Joe leaves home because she wants to grow and leave childhood behind. Louisa did love her family, but there were times when she found her family more as a burden. Greta Gerwig said that Laurie, quote, wants Joe to step into the adult world. What is this book that she has read? Seriously, in the novel, Joe is really frustrated by Laurie's immature behavior, and she often criticizes him, and it actually makes Laurie feel quite uncomfortable and frustrated. Louisa was in her 30s when she wrote Little Woman. She drew lots of elements from her own process of becoming more independent and finding her way as a writer. So the idea that Jo would have wanted to remain as a child is complete nonsense. Laurie's behavior becomes more obsessive, and as a result, Jo travels to New York to work as a governess, and there she meets Frederick. The movies have swapped the timeline so that Jo travels to New York after she has rejected Laurie's proposal, when in the book, proposal happens after Jo has returned to Concord, and this is very important. When Jo meets Frederick in New York, he is not only her sexual awakening, this is something that we can trace back to Louisa and her relationships, but Frederick's masculinity, it collapses the male-female binary Jo knows. When Jo meets Frederick, the narrator says that, for the first time, Jo did not compare a man to Laurie. 
Up until that point, Laurie has been her ideal of masculinity, but those old models have failed her miserably. And then she meets a man who provides her a new definition of masculinity, which does not demand Cho to change or to be traditionally feminine, which is what Laurie's model of masculinity did. A lot of the relationship between Joe and Laurie was based on mutually reinforcing ideas of toxic masculinity. Eventually, this turned out against both of them. In Joe's case, it made her to lose the trip to Europe, and in Laurie's case, it brought out his temper and more possessive behavior. The best example why Joe rejected Laurie's proposal and why she did fell in love with Friedrich is to examine the two proposals. When Laurie proposes to Joe, He says he loves her because Joe has always been so good to him. He doesn't love her because of her personality or her ambitions. Joe had a tendency to mother Laurie, and we can probably explain this with the fact that the young men who were inspirations for Laurie were much younger than Louisa. Being a maternal figure was something that came naturally to Joe. In a way, Marches adopted Laurie to be part of their family unit. That Joe sees Laurie as her brother makes perfect sense, and sisters often become pseudo-mother figures to their brothers. In movies, we only see Laurie's pain, but we never see the pressure he puts on Joe or how uncomfortable his actions make her feel. When we read the book and see Laurie's character, Through the movie's lens, it perpetuates the idea that the controlling behavior he has in the books doesn't matter and it is a sign of love. Yet the book Laurie is not in love with Joe. He is in love with the idea of love. Laurie's story and his character arc in Little Woman is not about Amy or Joe. It's a story how Laurie becomes a man. I've tried to show you, but you wouldn't let me. Now I am going to make you hear and give me an answer, for I can't go on any longer. But girls are so queer, you never know what they mean. They say no when they mean yes, and drive a man out of his wits just for the fun of it. Laurie seems to be thinking that Joe would fall in love with him because that is what girls do. And it highlights how much the two have fed each other's with harmful stereotypes about gender roles. Now that they are adults, Joe feels the need to leave this toxic cycle, not just because of her own sake, but also Laurie's sake. And it is toxic because up until to that point, Laurie has been taught what to do by Joe, John Brooke, or by his grandfather. Laurie wants to keep the status quo of their relationship so that he does not need to grow and take the responsibility of himself or his actions. Laurie was not used to making decisions. Marrying Joe is an easy escape of his life remaining the same rather than different as it is meant to be. This type of chase is not something that Joe likes or enjoys. It makes her feel incredibly uncomfortable. Most adaptations have also chosen the easy escape by not showing the slow and painful work of the personal transformation that Laurie goes through in the books. There are no glimpses inside to Laurie's head where he would be thinking about Joe or dreaming about a future with her. When Joe leaves New York, We do get a glimpse inside Friedrich's mind and he does admit to himself that he is indeed in love with her and he wonders what life with Joe would be like. Laurie's actions in most part of the second book don't make any sense because Laurie's mind is a complete mess. Quote, almost like the lack of Laurie's inner thought in the book 
is telling us that Laurie hasn't thought things through. This is another contrast between Laurie's shallow idealized dreaminess and Friedrich's deeply grounded reality. Jo is honest with Laurie. She sees that if she would marry him, their arguments would escalate into violence. Laurie's relationship to Joe is more codependent. When Joe rejects Laurie, we should be on Joe's side. Yet in 90% of Little Woman adaptations, Laurie's character arc is missing. He doesn't have a character arc in 1933, 1949, 1994, 2018 and 2019 films, series from 1950 and 2017, Little Woman musical or in Japanese anime. Don't tell me that show. I can't bear it now that you love that old man, that devilish you were always writing about. If you say you love him, I know I shall do something desperate. Trying to tread someone you say you love is never a good idea. Instead of seeing any fault in his own actions, Laurie blames it on somebody else, and he wants Joe to feel guilty for rejecting him. Then he guilt trips her even more by saying that she will marry someone and that she will be a silly woman by going back on her word of never marrying. Joe has a brilliant response. But Laurie doesn't want to hear it. And by the way, this response, this has never been adapted. Yes, I will live and die for him. If he ever comes and makes me love him, in spite of myself. And you must do the best you can. I've done my best, but you won't be reasonable. And it's selfish of you to keep teasing me for what I can't give. I shall always be fond of you. Very fond indeed as a friend. But I'll never marry you. And the sooner you believe it, the better for the both of us. Yes, I will live and die for him if he ever comes and makes me love him in spite of myself. This is in the text of Little Woman. Then Laurie threatens to go to the devil and behaves like a 19th century Brad boy. Laurie's proposal has been traditionally average or the dialogue has been changed. In the adaptations, it has been portrayed to be a romantic scene when the books it is a conflict. Little Woman is often a misunderstood book because it does something very unique and powerful. Laurie's proposal was never about Joe, it was all about him. This is from the conversation between Laurie and his grandfather. You won't care to stay at home now, perhaps. I don't intend to run away from a girl. Joe can prevent my seeing her, and I shall stay and do it as long as I like. Interrupted Laurie in a defiant tone. Not if you are the gentleman I think of you. I am disappointed, but the girl can't help it, and the only thing left for you to do is to go away for a time. Where will you go? Anywhere. I don't care what becomes of me. And Laurie got up with a reckless laugh that grated on his grandfather's ear. Take it like a man. And don't do anything rash for God's sake. Why not go abroad, as you planned, and forget it? It is still about him, and he still wants Joe to feel guilty. Thank God for the grandfather. Six months later, Amy meets Laurie in Europe, and they have not met for four years. Amy finds him changed and different. She scolds him and his attitude, but it comes from a good place because Amy knows that Laurie has potential to make most of his life and when she carefully asks what happened between him and Joe. She was kind, but not in the right way, and it's lucky for her she didn't love me. If I'm the good-for-nothing fellow you think of me, it's her fault though, and you may tell her so. It's still about him, not about Joe. Little Woman Chapter 41 Amy's lecture did Laurie good, though of course he did not own it until long afterwards. Men seldom do, for when women are the advisors, the lords of the creation, 
won't take the advice until they have persuaded themselves that it is just what they intended to do. Then they act upon it, and if it succeeds, they give the weaker vessel half the credit of it, and if it fails, they generously give her the whole. Amy's words start to affect on Larry, yet in his mind, Larry thinks that Amy's advice was unnecessary and that he had always meant to do something. Larry's biggest flaws are his pride and his vanity, also his lack of ability to put himself to another person's position. And this is why his growth process is slow and painful. Still at this point, Larry doesn't see women as individuals. He sees himself above them. In Vienna, he starts to compose an opera, which would harrow Joe's soul and melt her heart. Once again, it's all about him, but the opera doesn't go that well. He wants to capture his romantic passion, and all things that come to mind are Joe's oddities, faults and freaks. Quote, Recall Joe's oddities, faults and freaks. Would only show her in the most unsentimental aspects, beating mats with her head tied up in a bandana barricading herself with the sofa pillow, or throwing cold water over his passion a la gumiche, and an irresistible laugh spoiled the pensive picture he was endeavoring to paint. Joe wouldn't be put into the opera at any price, and he had to give her up with a bless that girl, what a torment she is, and a clutch. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At his hair, as became a distracted composer... The moment when Larry caught himself thinking the word brotherly and Joe, it is almost like he sees himself as a character in an opera he is trying to compose. He immediately sends Joe a letter and proposes her again. Once again, it is all about him and not about Joe. Proposing someone right after they have lost their sister is not a good idea. When Joe's response arrives and she still says no, Larry feels relieved. But instead of feeling bad for, for guilt-tripping Joe for a very long time, he wants to cherish his memory as being a tragic, romantic hero. It is all about him. Why was Larry so obsessed, and why he never listened to what Joe had to say, and why he felt guilty when he started to develop romantic feelings towards Amy, since we know that Joe never cared about him like that. As being said, there are no scenes in the books where Laurie is thinking Joe romantically or dreaming about a life with her. All his dreams are really about seeing himself as a romantic hero. Laurie feels guilty because his love for Joe is mainly gratitude. She invited him to be part of their family, something that Laurie was always missing. Thanks to the over-the-top ideas of masculinity he and Joe fed to each other, Laurie didn't learn to respect women. It is easy to ignore the stories of the male characters in Little Woman because the four sisters are under a microscope. From the little that we know from Larry's background, it would seem that when he was a child, he was tossed from one boarding school to another 
and he did not have any stable parental figures or that he never spent enough time in one place to be able to establish such relationships. Quite early in the novel, Larry admits to Joe that he feels envious of the sister's bond to their mother. Larry's and Joe's relationship is characterized by childhood innocence. Joe represents the nurturing feminine presence Larry was craving to have in his life. At the same time, Larry is a paternal figure for Joe who complements her views on nonconformity. Joe and the March family became a refuge of stability to Larry. It is only when he moves to Concord at the age of 15 for the first time he is surrounded by people who stick long enough to put boundaries and try to raise him. More than often Larry was frustrated by Joe's lectures but at the same time he was depending on them. Little Woman is a semi-biographical novel. We can trace Larry's actions to Louisa. Same way as Laurie, Louisa's childhood was unstable and turbulent and the family moved very often. When Louisa was young, she had a big crush to the family friend and next-door neighbor, philosopher Waldo Emerson. More than often, Emerson saved Alcott from troubles and he became a symbol of stability for Louisa. Same way as Joe is for Laurie. Louisa became obsessed with German female writer and social activist Bettina von Armin and her book Goethe's Briefeschel mit einem Kinde, Goethe's Correspondence with a Child, which included love letters Bettina wrote to the poet Goethe. Bettina represents herself as a lover, a role that is traditionally seen as more masculine. Bettina was in love with the idea of love, love as an emotion, not as a love relation. In her letters, she does not ask his opinions or share ideas with him. And this is something that Louis has written. I turned myself into Bettina and made Emerson my Goethe. Larry is not in love with Joe. He is in love with the idea of love. It is about putting up on a role and a narcissistic one for that when it hurts other people. Which is exactly what happened between Joe and Laurie and Bettina and Goethe. Let's call Larry's behavior with its actual name. Harassment. When Louisa was an adult, she did tell Emerson how she had built this romantic fairy tale scenario in her head. Emerson himself had been completely unaware of it. Nevertheless, they had a very strong friendship throughout their lives. There is the famous little woman passage to adulthood ritual. It basically means that a reader who has read this book as a child and romanticized Joe and Laurie and quite possibly watched the 1994 film more than once reads the book as an adult and finds out that Laurie was very childish and he and Joe were very ill-matched and they move on to read Joe and Frederick and Amy and Laurie, or both. We can also see it as a metaphor how a person develops a mildly delusional obsession over another. Especially young people often think that their life only has a meaning when they find a partner whose only reason for existing is them, but it is not healthy and not love. When you truly love someone, you love them for what they truly are, not the way you want to see yourself with them. In Little Woman, Larry himself is the one character who goes through the Little Woman adulthood ritual. It is not until he goes through the process of self-growth and begins to see the woman in his life as what they really are, he is truly able to love someone. Friedrich's proposal is completely different. Joe, I have nothing but much love to give you. I came to see if you could care for it, and I waited to be sure that I was something more than a friend. Am I? 
Can you make a little place in your heart for old Fritz? He wants to tell her how he feels about her and let her decide. After Joe has left New York, they have been writing letters to each other. And when he comes to see Joe in Concord, he hopes to see signs of love from Joe. And when he reveals to her that he has gotten a job and that he is going to the West, Joe's walls go down. He gives Joe all the power and control, and he lets her know that everything what she feels and thinks is important for him. And he wants to make sure that she returns to his feelings and that their lives and goals work together. He's not even making a marriage proposal. He is asking if she could love him. In comparison to Laurie, Friedrich's screen portrayals are always closer to the books, even if most of his parts are left out because he is less romanticized character. He also acknowledges his flaws same way as Joe does. In terms of Friedrich's narrative, Little Woman is also about identity, but in his case it is not about forming identity, but when he falls in love with Joe, he reshapes his already existing identity. Louisa was a great admirer of German writer and poet Goethe. A lot of research has been made on Goethe's influence on Louisa's writings. For example, Long Fatal Love Chase has many parallels with Goethe's Faust, but less research has been done between Goethe's writings and Little Woman. Goethe was one of Louisa's favorite authors, and she credited him to be the one author who has taught me the most about creating and understanding characters. Louisa's copy of Wilhelm Meister's apprenticeship was given to her by Walter Emerson, and Louisa filled it with scribbles and personal observations. In Little Woman, Friedrich gives Joe a copy of Shakespeare's work, and through that, Joe learns how much more there is to find about storytelling. Friedrich also encourages Joe to study people around her so that she becomes better at developing and creating characters. Goethe was one of the biggest inspirations for Friedrich's character. Trigger warning, there will be mentions of suicides. When it comes to Larry's character arc, there are lots of themes that come straight from Goethe's writings. Goethe's first financially successful novel and first German international bestseller, The Sorrows of Young Werther, is a semi-biographical novel. Both protagonists, Young Werther and Goethe himself, grew up privileged, same way as Laurie. Werther's love interest, Charlotte, is marrying another worthy man, Albert. Werther makes Charlotte the only sole purpose of his living. He is not only miserable, he is proud of his misery. In fact, he endorses it. As a result, he commits a suicide. What kills Werther is not being disappointed in love. It has nothing to do with Charlotte. What kills him is the toxic self-centeredness. What is common with Werther and Laurie is that they are both extremely sensitive. Same way as Little Woman, the sorrows of young Werther has often been misread. Some readers endorsed and glamorized Werther's suicide and when the book became vastly popular, it started a wave of suicides of young people in Germany who tried to emulate the tragic end of their romantic hero. It's a quote from Edna Cherney's Louisa Mayalkov biography. The children took a special interest in the love story, and when Paul Laurie was so abstinently refused by Joe, they wept aloud and refused to be comforted, and in some instances were actually made ill by grief and excitement. References to Goethe continue in Laurie's proposal. After being rejected, Laurie threatens to take his life and puts enormous pressure on Joe. Same way as the source of Young Werther, a 
great deal of Little Woman fans, especially younger ones, find these wearing threats passionate and romantic. Goethe's book was widely misunderstood since he meant it as a criticism and warning example towards life-consuming self-absorption. Here's a quote from Maddie Rodriguez. Larry isn't a good guy, he's a nice guy. When I reread the novel in my early 20s, I still technically thought Joe should have ended up with Laurie, but I started to feel uncomfortable about feeling that way. Wasn't it weird? I thought to feel that way when the character of Joe so explicitly rejected his proposal. Wasn't it a bit like telling a dear friend she should date someone she wasn't crazy about just because he had feelings for her and is such, quote, a good guy? I dismissed this though because a dead of the author, non-canonical parents are okay, etc. And B, I have a moderate grasp on reality and I do recognize Cho is a fictional character, not my friend. But rereading Little Woman this month, I realized with mounting alarm that as a potential romantic partner for Cho, Laurie isn't a good guy. He is, in fact, a nice guy. The story of Laurie and Joe is not, as I had previously remembered, one of Joe seeming like she loves Laurie and making an out-of-a-left-field decision. It is very much in the field. Joe consistently indicates that she does not have feelings for Laurie, does not want him to flirt with her, and tries to prevent him from doing so every time he flirts with her. And he ignores her, again and again. But wait, there's more. When Cho realizes that her very consistent attempts to communicate her disinterest are not working, she decides to move to New York for adventure and also get away from Laurie. There may be some who would accuse me of selective reading. After all, Laurie isn't a terrible person, to which I say yes. But all of this can be true, and Laurie simultaneously still be a terrible potential partner for Joe. What I realized rereading Little Woman as a grown-ass adult is this. Making Joe and Laurie perfect for each other wouldn't just require a different ending, it would require an entirely different book. So it's been over 20 years in the making, but better late than never. Louisa May Alcott, I'm sorry, you were right. Little Woman Chapter 41 As Goethe, when he had a joy or a grief, put it into a song, so Laurie resolved to embalm and to compose a requiem which should harrow up Joe's soul and melt the heart of every hearer. Goethe's Wilhelm Meister's apprenticeship is a story about self-realization. The story centers around Wilhelm, who wants to escape empty, mundane Burgess life of a businessman. After a failed romance, he joins into a theater company. In Wilhelm Meister's apprenticeship and in many Goethe's works in general, have elements from Shakespeare's plays. In fact, in the novel's dialogue, there is a great deal of discussion about Shakespeare's work and Wilhelm's theater group also performs a production of Hamlet, where Wilhelm plays the lead. Theater world is filled with seductions, love affairs and scandals. The more Wilhelm sees it, the more he dislikes it and he realizes that he is not fitting for this type of lifestyle. What Wilhelm really needs is to figure out who he is what he wants from life and how he should live. Both Werther and Wilhelm can be seen as failed genius. They are sensitive and artistic, but they are not creatively productive enough. 
Laurie in this case is more similar to Wilhelm because unlike Werther, Laurie goes through the process of self-discovery and like Wilhelm, Laurie also becomes a husband and a father, which brings long-desired purpose to his life and contributing member of the society, which is not something he was before. Wilhelm Meister's apprenticeship introduces the character of Mignon. Mignon was kidnapped as a child by bandits and Wilhelm saves her. They tour the country together with the Tito group, go to picnics, flirt and joke with each other. Mignon has a constant longing to her homeland, Italy. She falls in love with Wilhelm, but he is in love with someone else. Eventually Mignon dies for longing, a common theme in Goethe's works. In Wilhelm Meister's apprenticeship, there is also an important character called Friedrich, and one of the female characters also likes to cross-dress, same way as Joe does. It's genius shimmering, perhaps. I let it simmer and see what comes of it, he said, with a secret suspicion all the while that it was ingenious, but something far more common. Whatever it was, it simmered to some purpose, for he grew more and more discontent with his desultory life, began to long for some real and earnest work to go at, soul and body, and finally came to the wise conclusion that everyone who loved music was not a composer. Returning from one of Mozart's grand operas, splendidly performed at the Royal Theatre. He looked over his own, played a few of the best parts, sat staring at the bust of Mendelssohn, Beethoven and Bach, who stared beningly back again. Then suddenly he tore up his music sheets, one by one, and as the last fluttered out of his hand, he said soberly to himself, She's right, talent is ingenious, and you can't make it so. That music has taken the vanity out of me as Rome took it out of her. And I won't be a humbug any longer. Now, what shall I do? The purest form of love is to love the full reality of the other person. She did not hear him cross the courtyard beyond, nor see him pause in the archway that led from the subterranean path into the garden. He stood a minute looking at her with new eyes, seeing what no one had ever seen before, the tender side of Amy's character. Everything about her mutely suggested love and sorrow. The blotted letters in her lap, the black ribbon that tied up her hair, the womanly pain and patience in her face. Even the little ebony cross at her throat seemed pathetic to Laurie, for he had given it to her, and she wore it as her only ornament. If he had any doubts about the reception she would give him, they were set at rest the minute she looked up and saw him. For dropping everything, she ran to him, exclaiming in a tone of unmistakable love and longing, is it possible that anyone who has not been happy with the books have been looking both Laurie and Friedrich and Joe from completely wrong perspective? Throughout his many works, Goethe stresses love as the foundation of relationships. And he did so living in a culture where marriage matters were typically determined by economic factors. It was a radical position to take. The difference between you love me with an explanation point and you love me with a question mark. The substitution of a question mark for exclamation point changes the meaning completely. There is a fine line between love and obsession and the philosophical and psychological exploration of the two is a common theme in Louisa May Alcott's literal works. A year before Louisa wrote Little Woman, she had a fling with a young man called Ladislas Wisniewski, a young Polish composer. 
He was 10 years younger than Louisa and one of the mothers for Laurie. Louisa describes Ladislas as, as a charming prankster and apparently at some point even considered a future with him. But Louisa's letters reveal that she finds Ladislas quite immature and irresponsible. A year after the publication of Little Woman, Lisa wrote an article called Happy Woman, where she says that one should only marry for love, and any other imitation of love is only a shadow. Louisa often drew from her real-life experiences and wrote them to her stories. If you ask me why Joe rejected Laurie, the answer is pretty simple. Laurie is based on Ladislas Wisniewski and Alf Whitman. Louisa loved Alf like a brother. Louisa was very lonely when she met Ladislas. She liked to hang out with him, but then realized that she didn't really love him. Remaining notes of Louisa's own romantic encounters and her intense need to protect her reputation does suggest that she put lots of thought and consideration to the true nature of love. Louisa May Alcott also lived during a time period when romantic love became the basis of marriage, when before that marriage was based on economical factors and in all her novels, Louisa promotes the idea of marriage based on love. When reading Louisa's journals, we find out that Louisa loved philosopher Henry Thoreau. Henry passed away when Louisa was 28, and Henry was 44. It is possible that this is the reason why Louisa never married, because Henry was her soulmate. And anyone who has ever been in love knows that soulmates are not so easy to find. Later in life, Louisa wrote in her journals that she believed that she was going to reunite with her soulmate in her next life. Interestingly, in Little Woman, Joe and Friedrich marry when Joe is 28 and Friedrich is 44. All Alcott sisters wanted to marry for love, and both Louise and her sister May sometimes found it very difficult. Both being working women, it wasn't that easy for them to find love in the world where financial stability was seen more important than personal happiness. Louisa wrote Joe the happy ending she had wished for herself. Thank you for listening. Stay well and make good choices. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.